All right, big piece of news uh, off the top here before we jump into Statner Thursday. Deshaun Watson is out for the season. He's going to undergo season-ending shoulder surgery. <sighs> lot to unpack here. Um, first of all, just another brutal uh, twist and turn in the Deshaun Watson contract saga for the Cleveland Browns. Yet another reason, obviously one that you know is outside of player and team control, but still yet another reason they're probably not going to get the returns that they wanted, uh, obviously, when they sold their souls and traded for Deshaun Watson and everything that followed there. So that's that. That's a thing uh, that we can we can talk about. But from a brass tax like on field standpoint, it's really difficult because Deshaun Watson hasn't played well this season. Now he's obviously coming off his best half of football uh, in the 2023 season, where he was really really good and made some pretty dynamic, high degree of difficulty throws for the Browns to beat the Ravens in week 10. And obviously he was playing through that injury, which you know makes it all the more, I mean, impressive that he, that he did that and, and that that was within him. And, and it weird, it's weird for me because I have felt ever since Nick Chubb got hurt that I, I felt like, all right, now the Browns are going to sort of kind of transition into the Deshaun Watson centric Browns offense where they were going to be in the gun. They were going to pa- shoot passes downfield. None of this like under center play action typical Kevin Stefanski type offense stuff. And obviously since then it's really fallen apart. Uh, Watson physically has fallen apart. So it it is odd that what this season could have been for the Browns. If you're a Browns fan, it's really unfortunate because there's going to be a lot of what if here with you lose your best player in Nick Chubb, or at least one of your two best players alongside obviously miles Garrett, who's in the defensive player of the year conversation. You'll lose him. Your franchise quarterback, who really has never gotten into a rhythm with this team, further is not in a rhythm with this team because of injuries this year. I feel for Browns fans, it's really unfortunate, obviously, that you, that you have to go through this season now of what if. They can still be a good quality team without Watson because, again, Watson wasn't playing at a consistent high level. But he's better than P.J. Walker, man. I mean, the the Browns have to look back with such regret trading Josh Dobbs, a backup that they had in camp, trading him away for trying to, they're sort of trying to money ball the backup quarterback position there with Dorian Thompson Robinson. Like, all right, yeah, this, this guy, like he, he was impressive in the preseason. We could chip off Josh Dobbs. Well, regular season ain't the preseason, man. And DTR was a disaster in the game he had to start against the Ravens. So if you're thinking about like Amari Cooper from a fantasy perspective, I think Cooper's actually been relatively productive again relatively productive I think Amari Cooper obviously you're going to downgrade him from a rest of season perspective that theoretical ceiling that he would have had with a fully operational Watson cutting that off that doesn't exist anymore but I still think Cooper's like a guy you're probably breaking ties in favor of starting unless you have a really good wide receiver core I think probably from a rest of season perspective he's going to drop into the Very high 20s, very low 30s from a rankings perspective. And obviously a guy like Moore, he's not really a must roster at this point. Uh, A guy like David Njoku, who was sort of kind of coming on. I don't really know that that's a a thing that you're going to hold out hope for. I don't think he's a tight end one rest of season. The running backs, I think, are what they are. I mean, Jerome Ford, I still think, is a is a quality fantasy starter because he's a good player. It's a it's a it's an electric run based team. It's a defense first team. 
I mean, the defense is going to be, you know, pissing and moaning every single week uh, because the offense is not going to be holding up their end of the bargain. But it's a good quality defense, and that's going to keep them in game scripts where Jerome Ford is going to be involved. And obviously, Kareem Hunt is uh, hanging on the fringes there as the RB2 on that team. So, again, it's a weird injury to talk about because Watson wasn't playing particularly well. He wasn't offering like high end quarterback performance on a consistent basis with this Browns team. I also think they weren't really set and 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 nailing down like their identity throughout the course of the the season, but you know, really the biggest fantasy fallout obviously is Amari Cooper who, like I said, sort of kind of becomes a a wide low end wide receiver 2, high end wide receiver 3, very boom bust on a weekly basis. We're going to talk about him later in Stat Nerds. Rough for the Browns, brutal injury for um for them to, as they try to make a playoff push in a very competitive, very crowded AFC. I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to be able to figure this thing out rest of season. All right, on to the rest of Stat Nerd Thursday. Let's get into it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's Thursday, November 16th. I'm Matt Harmon. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. It is a hell of a day to talk ball. And joining me to do just that is Dalton Del Don. Dalton, what's going on, buddy? Not much, Harmon. What a crazy weekend. It had already set the most, the record for the most game-winning field goals, I believe, as time expired. And then another one Monday night. So uh, exciting stuff. Um, Let's talk about uh, the next week. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Yeah, it's... uh... It's week 11. We're coming off an absolutely insane, a crazy week 10. It was wild, but hey, man, that's what makes the NFL fun. That's what makes the NFL electric. And this is the most electric episode every single week here on this podcast feed. It's Stat Nerd Thursday, and you know what we do here. We give you one stat you need to know for all 32 teams. We go in order of the projected 2024 NFL draft order courtesy of Tankathon, and that brings us to where we have started oh so often this year. The Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young is only ahead of Ryan Tannehill in QBR this year, and he's dead last in yards per attempt at 5.5. I mean, I don't we don't have to spend too much time on the Panthers. It's just what a hopeless situation. It's like they're asking Frank Reich, are you taking back play calling? Um, I'm gonna send you this tweet in our chat here, uh, a side-by-side comparison of Frank Reich that from the day he took the I Panthers job. Did yeah, you see I that? Saw it. Yeah. How it started. <laughs> or, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's aged a bit and it's especially probably true because was he not forced into that decision by, by ownership? Uh, the Bryce young, is that true? Exactly. That, we know for sure. I would say I know with like 75% certainty that that's what happened. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he was, I think Frank Reich, was the CJ Stroud guy. I mean, it just it seemed so clear at that pro day. Like I can remember Josh Norris coming on this podcast right after like the CJ Stroud or maybe right before the CJ Stroud pro day. And, you know, Josh like had hosted a um podcast with Josh McCown last year. Now they're doing it with Colt McCoy this year, the the scheme, the show. 
Um, and like we were talking about just how exciting it was that the Panthers were going to take CJ Stroud and like all this stuff. And we were really gassed up about everything they had kind of had going on there from this coaching staff, all these things. And here we are. And, and they're like the most depressing. I think they are the most depressing team in the NFL right now. Yeah, uh, the offensive line has not helped, um, but I, I was encouraged after a couple decent games from Young and the, after the switch in play callers after the bye. But man, a huge step back. It, he doesn't really pass the eye test. He's small. It, it doesn't look great. It, it's it's discouraging, especially with C.J. Stroud having the best rookie season ever by a quarterback. So it's it, you're down if you're a Panthers fan right now. And then Thielen's best fantasy season, his best fantasy numbers are behind him this season. And yeah. Hubbard and Sanders are in a timeshare in a lead on an offense scoring the fourth most points per game. So it's bad. And, and hopefully Bryce Young can show some encouraging signs down the stretch because at this point, um, looking for any hope. Yeah, any hope at all. I mean, it's it's brutal. Um, we don't have to spend too much more time on them. I did think it was interesting that Kirk Herbstreet on the Amazon broadcast feed on Thursday night last week, like talked a lot about how they're transitioning from like a power run scheme to more of a zone run scheme under like this offense. But they kept the same offensive line coach. It's it's pretty um it's pretty brutal. Daniel Jeremiah had a couple of notes about this uh, this offense lately, so just pull those up real quick. He said watching Bryce Young and the Panthers offense this morning, a couple of things stood out. Pass pro is poor, not much separation down the field, limited run after catch. Bryce can't help those things, but he also needs to speed up a little bit. He's waiting for college open instead of pulling the trigger when guys are NFL open. That is very true. Uh, also noted that when you struggle to protect and you don't have the guys to stretch the field vertically, the field shrinks, the DBs play fat, f- flat-footed and drive on everything. Bryce has an average depth of target of 6.7 yards. That's 35th in the league. Half-court basketball is hard, as Daniel Jeremiah puts it, and I couldn't agree more. And like a lot of these routes, too, are all coming back to the quarterback. So a lot of bad going on for the Panthers, and I agree with you that Adam Thielen's best days from a fantasy producer, like the sell-high window has already passed. Those days are behind you. Let's move on to the next team, another very depressing operation, the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley played just 61% of the snaps in Week 10, which is notable because he'd been playing a ton of snaps previously and getting a ton of work. And I feel like there's a lot of these days to come, Dalton, where he gets taken off the field because what's the point? Yeah, he played 89% of the snaps before the fourth quarter. So this was cu- clearly an issue with the lopsided score, but that could continue to be an issue. They're double-digit dogs against a mediocre team, Washington team, this week. But, man, we got to talk about my guy Tommy DeVito going into Dallas and putting up 17 points, beating his team total by uh, seven points. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm retiring the bad quarterback a uh, bit this episode. DeVito is hilarious. If was everyone on every podcast last week, just go out of their way. The worst quarterback I've ever seen play. Um, he might be, but we don't even know that the dude was pressured on 18 of his first 27 dropbacks. I mean, just a hopeless situation. Andrew Thomas was carted, uh, in the second uh, quarter he returned, but yeah, DeVito may be the absolute worst. We're, we're just ignoring this team entirely in fantasy, except for Barkley. And yeah, my guy DeVito, uh, not great. Who do you think, like off the top of your head, is the worst quarterback you've ever seen play in the NFL? I don't even know if I have an answer. Um, do you have a good one? I don't, uh, I'd have to think on that, actually. No one's so bad. Zach Wilson? No, no. Listen, uh, this will be the only moment in human history I stick up for Zach Wilson, but like he's had moments, okay? He has, I mean, maybe he he's. Maybe he's one of the worst quarterbacks we've seen. Like to get over this an much extended, of an opportunity, yeah. yes, to get this much of it. Sure, who's yes, some, some flashes an, that uh, 
Bajent, DeVito, my guys? No, even Bajent, like he's got he's got something to him. Um, not yeah, Jamarcus to- Russell producer says, I mean, he was one of the biggest busts considering how high he went and he looked pretty, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a right. Candidate. But I'm talking about in the like DeVito area yeah, where who's, it's who's just, just like-, like some guy who's not even doesn't belong in the NFL and has looked overmatched completely. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be plenty of, za- of examples that just aren't coming to my mind. Yeah. No, there's none coming to my mind. If I really sat down and thought about, oh, Brian St. Pierre for the Carolina Panthers, uh, he played during, I think, one of John Fox's like very very late uh, years for Carolina. Oh, Nathan uh, Peterman. Nathan Peterman got- was a great call. Yeah, and my guy DTR looked pretty pretty bad that uh, his one his one game this year. Yeah, Nathan Peterman's a good one. His interception, I think he has the highest interception rate in in history. So Brian St. Pierre for uh, the Carolina Panthers in BSP. the 2010 season. <laughs> yeah, BSP baby. Uh, in the in the 2010 season. Age 30 against the Ravens started one game. Obviously, this is the year before they drafted Cam Newton, so they were terrible that year. He completed 46% of his passes, two picks, one touchdown, though, uh, and 3.68 adjusted yards per attempt. So uh, I'd really have to go back and like look at who are some of the worst, but that was one that stuck, stuck out to me just from Panthers lore. Uh, all right, for God's sakes, let's move on. Uh, number three team here, New England Patriots. Speaking of bad quarterbacks, Bailey Zappi averaged 8.5 yards per attempt last season, 4.2 so far this year. So next time you quote uh, Tommy DeVito's YPA or whatever, you can remember this stat here, Dalton. It looks like Mac Jones got himself actually benched last week, so we might get a Bailey Zappi start. I know we don't care about it, but... What else are we going to talk about with the Patriots? Yeah, the DeVito takes didn't age well. The Dallas defense got his shine box out for sure. Man, they were down 68 to nothing at one point against uh, the Cowboys this season before the garbage time stats. I don't have much to say about the Patriots. They're, they're ne- the quarterback starting for them next season is not currently on their roster. Uh, as bad as Mac Jones has been, and that interception at the end of that game is one of the worst of the season or you'll ever see. Yeah. Uh, Zappi is also not the answer. His arm strength isn't isn't there. So I'm, I'm not going to, again, fall into my backup quarterback thing here. No, Zappi is not the answer. Mac Jones will probably, I don't know, actually, they're so fed up with him. I have no idea who they're going to go to this week, but whomever is starting for them next season is not on the roster. Number four team here, Arizona Cardinals, and I think they're going to continue to go up and up and up this list here. Ian Hartitz has this tight ends this so far this season. Most yards per route run. Of course, number one is Travis Kelsey with 2.43. Number two is Trey McBride at 2.39. Most targets per route run. Number one again, our guy Travis Kelsey, 28.5%. Number two is Trey McBride at 27.4%. Is Trey McBride the breakout tight end that basically nobody was talking about coming into the season? Yeah, he looks awesome. He's locked in. It's a borderline top five fantasy tight end moving forward with the quarterback throwing to him now. Um, he has a nice college pedigree. Zach Ertz out of the way. Um, totally wheels up for, for McBride. One of the best waiver wire pickups of the season. I want to talk briefly about Kyler Murray, who was a top 12 fantasy QB last week, despite not throwing a touchdown and having a, a QB tush push touchdown stolen by Clayton Toon. Uh, the guy reached at one point his fastest top speed in a game since 2021, immediately running as he did before, with, including highlight plays. If you haven't seen the the view of the camera from over top yeah. of him, it's sick. Uh, yeah, he missed some throws and he could have had a couple big plays to Marquise Brown, the story of Hollywood season. But there's Michael Wilson. There's McBride. There's Connor back. I don't know if it's going to be the same with the same regime, 
But Thorman points out that they were the fastest team, uh, you know, with Murray last year by far of the past two years. So you got a fast pace. You have these weapons, a bad defense, uh, a quarterback who runs. Uh, I'm kicking myself for not stashing him in more uh, leagues. Murray looks like a top eight at worst, you know, fantasy QB weekly moving forward. Assuming they yeah, keep I, him, I guess there's been some thoughts of trying to like lose or whatever, but it seems weird to no. me. They're not going to fake an injury or something. And the dude's back. I know Call of Duty, another one might uh, debut here and, and ruin my theory here. I think but it was other, before. It came out oh, it came before, before right? the yes. game. Yeah, so we're, okay, we're, so, we're yeah, in the he looked clear. Good then. Yeah, we're in the clear. Okay, yeah, no, he he looked um, better than expected right away off the knee surgery, but he worked hard and it's been a while. So I think he can continue doing this. It looks, this isn't a, you know, Javante Williams situation, you know, runs five to eight times a game. It, it looks good. It's too bad he's small and he gets taken away for those short touchdowns. But um, otherwise, it's it's a fantastic situation. Everything out of Arizona, and like nobody wanted to hear this, but everything out of Arizona this summer was they were really happy with how, like you said, Kyler Murray was working hard. He was really engaged. He was really involved, despite the fact everybody knew he wasn't going to start the season. And their best path forward at the quarterback position is it works out with Kyler Murray. Like, it, this people forgot this guy's really really good like when he's on he's good and he showed that in that win over the Atlanta Falcons I mean some great throws Derek Klassen did a good uh, bunch of Twitter videos on him showing just kind of how some of these throws he makes it's incredible and like he is a good high quality quarterback I, some of the Arizona Cardinal takes are gonna I mean I don't know if it's all gonna work out with Murray I don't know what a ceiling is if they'll be a good team whatever but some of the takes of, of discussing the Cardinals just like needing to lose out for Caleb Williams when they just end up having to eat a bunch of Kyler Murray's contract anyways. I think a lot of that's going to end up looking stupid when, by the way, I know everybody compares Caleb Williams to um, Patrick Mahomes and I'm no QB guru, but I would actually say the guy he plays the most like is Kyler Murray. I do see the comparison for how he moves around out, uh, you know, the pocket uh, like Mahomes. But yeah, and Caleb Williams is, uh, I think he's probably going to go number one overall, but he's certainly his stock has dropped since, you know, two months ago. Number five team, Chicago Bears, Deonta Foreman, the last five weeks, all uh, starts the last five weeks in wins. He's had 23 and 19 carries and losses. He's had 20, 10 and 16 carries. Um, sounds like we'll probably get Khalil Herbert back this week, but I wonder if Foreman has just done too much to be kind of just taken off the field, maybe completely. Yeah, I think at minimum he hurts guys hoping for Herbert to retake the, the lead back role. I do think it's going to be a, a committee there. I uh, don't have much to say the situation there because we're just waiting to see, you know, the playing time with Herbert's health. Uh, Bajant, on the other hand, my guy, you know, who just got the W and outplayed the number one overall pick in the draft. Um, before this shtick ends, one final stat. Tyson Bajant has the NFL's lowest sack percentage. Justin Fields has the second highest. Uh, yep, and one thing I dude. one thing I I, I learned uh, after I, my uh, my overhyping these these bad QBs is uh, what it takes to be a good quarterback in the NFL is to to succeed against every coverage. And I noticed that Bajent was like really good against man and struggled against zone. And I'm like, oh great, they play the Panthers, who play the se- the tide for the most zone in all in all of uh in all of football. So uh, it wasn't a good matchup for him. But obviously, we're hoping Justin Fields returns to health. Hey, look, I think Bajent's got himself in the back of quarterback radar for like a long time, you know. So um, yeah, the ba- if we sat down and talked about Bears quarterback history, I bet we could figure out like some of the worst quarterbacks that have ever played like ever touched the field. And, and Bajent is not one of them. Bajent has crazy. Never like a 4,000 yard passer, right? Even my guy Cutler. I know the, obviously the weather affects that, but that's a pretty wild stat. Yeah, no, it's pretty wild. All right. Number six team, green Bay Packers, 
According to PFF, Jordan Love has thrown five of his 10 interceptions when targeting Christian Watson this year. PFF has also tracked Christian Watson converting just two of his 12 contested targets on the year. I've talked a lot about Watson this week um, and just like kind of what a bad false flag his rookie year yards per route run was. And just, you know, I I know some of the complaints and I kind of echo this, like, why are we throwing Christian Watson like? contested passes that's not really his game even though he had some flashes of it as a, as a rookie but I mean here's this, this is a great example Dalton of like and people do this with Quinton Johnston now too a little bit of a different situation because they have Keenan Allen there but it's like well why aren't we just scheming him up touches why aren't we just scheming him up stuff getting him in space it's like well because you want your number one receiver and Christian Watson to do number one wide receiver big boy things and unfortunately I just don't think he's been capable of that and it's been a huge problem for the Packers offense and I'm ready now at this point to see like more of Jaden Reed and more of Dontavian Wicks, uh, you know, than than Christian Watson now. Yeah, that's a wild stat about Watson. It is a warning about yards per route run stats and limited samples, especially when they're switching quarterbacks the next year. Uh, you were not as impressed with his route running. You were right. Uh, do we rank Dobbs and Reed ahead of him weekly moving forward? Um, one other takeaway for Green Bay for me is Jordan Love just had one of his best games ever. Uh, made some nice throws in a tough yeah. situation. I was, I really thought Pittsburgh would would roll there, even though, well, at least cover. And Packers could have won that game easily, not only at the end there, but the interception in the end zone and one curious uh, call that looked like a lateral by the refs. So he was impressive, and maybe they're moving in the right direction, regardless of how Watson performs. It was an encouraging performance from Love. I came away pretty impressed because I just charted Jaden Reed and uh, he, my rookie reports coming out on reception perception this week. And he's actually one of the more impressive rookies um, from a route running perspective, getting an op- getting open perspective. Um, I came away pretty impressed with Jordan Love in that game. And I, I think he's had really nice flashes this year. He hasn't been perfect by far. It's just everybody else is kind of it's just so much youth and so much inexperience. And, and Christian Watson has just let him down so much that I feel like there's probably I don't know if love turns out to be a good starter but i agree with you that he came away or i came away pretty impressed with that performance from him number seven team la rams puka nakua weeks one through five 114.4 yards per game since week six just 63.8 yards per game sounds like we'll get matthew stafford back after the bye uh where are you ranking puka going forward yeah, not top 10 like I was before, more like top 20. Um, hopefully he returns healthy and Stafford. We just don't know you know, how much that thumb injury is going to affect his throwing. But we have Carson Wentz as a more capable backup there. So I'm, I, you're still starting Puka, whatever. Locked in wide receiver two and, and Cup could have a big bounce back. Although, um, yeah, I, th- I think you're starting him as a top 10 type guy. Next team up here, Tennessee Titans. This one comes in from at Titan Stats. Will Levis has already been hit the 13th most in the NFL among all quarterbacks in three games. Everyone else on the list, and they showed the list here in the top uh, 13, has at least eight games, which is pretty wild. Uh, maybe some of that is a Will Levis thing, although he's not not taking as many sacks as some of these other quarterbacks. But that offensive line is definitely an issue in Tennessee, and it will remain an issue and can sink them against a blitz-heavy T- team that's going to make it tough on a young quarterback like the Bucks last week. One thing I was just going to say about the uh, Rams receivers, the Seattle secondary has been playing um, great. Yeah, Will Levis, and they've been talking, and the coach came out and said, you know, he's concerned about this. So I expect a, a definitely a different game plan against Jacksonville this week. And Derrick Henry has a history of of, of eating against uh, mm. Jacksonville, but yeah, it didn't True. go 
to my, I was hoping for a big game of D Hop last week. You know, past funnel Tampa Bay defense, uh, some injured secondary mem- members, but uh, it didn't work out. Levis looked like a rookie. He's going to have some stumbles here moving forward. I would expect, you know, a better, but more up and downs like that. It clearly, coming out so hot out of the gate has us all expecting, you know, him to look like Herbert moving forward, and that's just not going to be the case. Speaking of stumbles, the Atlanta Falcons are our number nine team here. Taylor Heineke's adjusted yards per attempt by week. 9.3 in the week he relieved Desmond Ritter against those Tennessee Titans. 6.4 in his first start and then five adjusted yards per attempt against the Cardinals before uh, getting injured and leaving that game. I think they're going to go back to Desmond Ritter coming out of the bye and stick with him uh, the rest of the season, which doesn't really move the needle for any of these guys. Uh, it's just that like Heineke was not ever going to be the answer. And they found that out as, as we got here. hundred percent agree. I would be surprised if Ritter isn't named a starter coming out of the bye. He looked fine after replacing the injured Heineke, who was flat out not getting it done. Nice to see Bijan get the goal line carries. Finally, we can only hope Arthur Smith doesn't, you know, look at the loss and then go back to what he was doing before with, with Robinson's uh, usage. But yeah, I expect Raider after the bye. Yeah, same. Fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. But you never know with old R.E. Smith. Number 10, Washington Commanders. Next Gen Stats has this. Sam Howell is responsible for five completions with a completion probability under 20% this season, most in the NFL. It is pretty wild that, like, Sam Howell has shown to be competent gunslinger. When he's not getting sacked, things can be good. He leads the NFL in dropbacks. Uh, he leads the NFL in passing yards. And, like, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson aren't, like, smashing. And even Curtis Samuel is, is not smashing when he's out there. Like, nobody in this offense is, like, truly smashing, which is pretty crazy considering all of the things I just said. Yeah, Hal historically is not uh... – He's killed man, and Seattle has, has cut, used that coverage at the third lowest rate, so it's impressive mm. what he did last last week. Um, part of the reason he's not getting sacked so much is he's throwing to his running backs, and he has Gibson yeah. and Robinson making plays, and it's helped the offense move the chains and you know preventing these sacks. So Hal runs, I mean, he's a borderline top 12 fantasy QB moving forward. It's been a revelation. He's the answer in Superflex leagues this year. Yeah, he's like the one late round quarterback that's been a huge win with Anthony Richardson um, getting injured. Oh, we got him right as the next. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm sorry. We got him right as the next Geno Smith in the flip the script series in the offseason. Take that, Andy Barons and his Baker Mayfield propaganda. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, number 11 team here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans is on pace for 1,400 receiving yards. Is only 263 yards away from another 1,000 yard season, Dalton. Uh, shout out to you for like being like, hey, Harmon, don't be a jackass. Mike Evans could get it done with Baker Mayfield. I'm such a Baker hater that I allowed that to cloud my judgment in the offseason. I, I mean, Godwin relied so much on these design screens. Our new coordinator doesn't use design screens. Evans, yes, it was a down year, but the dude had 30 touchdowns the two years before that. He's the only receiver with a thousand yards his first 10 years in his career. He's good. I didn't expect him to be this good this season. He had a bad drop. Uh, last week for a would-be touchdown but made up for it he's, oh he's um, dude mike evans is on the, he, the day he, he's not like uh he's not he's kind of like deontay johnson but but way better obviously but it's like he is the king of like how the hell did you drop that and then like ah, he actually casually just goes out and gets 100 plus yards every single game yeah, had the most air yards in the league, I believe, last week. And I love him this week against the 49ers, 10-point uh, mm. dogs, a Niners team that uh, usually produces a lot of pass attempts. Uh, yes, their secondary's 
good and they have Chase Young and all that. But I think Evans is looking at a dozen targets this week and a, you know, a DFS option. I like that a lot. I think he is um, he's set up really well rest of season. And uh, look, if he gets another thousand yards, he moonwalks to the Hall of Fame. I'm happy for it, even though I didn't Trey draft Trey Palmer him is impressive. Fantasy. Like he's almost more important to the offense than Chris Godwin right now. He he's either drawing long DPIs or you know he's taking the top off the defense or making incredible catches. Uh, he he's impressive, not for fantasy, but but yeah. you know real life. Number twelve team here, New York Jets. This one comes in from Field Gates. The Jets have scored three touchdowns in their last five games, which could be the stat on its own. It's pathetic enough, but the three touchdowns that uh, <laughs> that we've gotten so far from the Jets the last five games, last five games, unbelievable. Seventy-two yard run from Brees Hall, fifty yard screen pass to Brees Hall, and a Brees Hall eight yard run when the Eagles basically let him score. Obviously, Brees Hall is the is the theme here. Michael Carter was released on Tuesday. Uh, was sent packing, which was interesting. Tom Belisero said, uh, oh, it's to it's to free up Dalvin Cook as the Jets look for a spark. I don't know if that's the reason, <laughs> but hey, man, I know Jets fans have been complaining about like Michael Carter getting too much work in the two-minute drill over Brees Hall, which is why he's had some catches. Maybe this is just a way to take away the temptation. Um, take away the temptation from from Nate Hackett to put him on the field. Yeah, Zach Wilson, although credit to that nearly completed miraculous Hail Mary, it was a, a great play. Um, and credit for him peppering Garrett Wilson targets, averaging 13 over the last four games, although he hasn't topped 100 yards or scored in any of them. Um, but yeah, it's just dragging down an otherwise awesome player. I mean, Brees Hall, I'm probably going to rank him like top fantasy back next year if they have a competent quarterback. But for now, it's just relying on these big plays. Uh, get him out in space more with some more screens. I don't know. It's 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 frustrating watching this offense right now. Uh, I know the offensive line's a problem too. I got to realize that for Zach Wilson too. The offensive line's an issue as well, admittedly. No, but it it's got to be one of the most frustrating teams in the NFL to watch. There's just so much. There's so much bad about it, and it just like all comes back to everything they did this offseason to bend over backwards to get Aaron Rodgers, which probably would have worked if you had Aaron Rodgers. Their, their defense is so, so legit, too. I, I mean, know. it's just shutting down these quarterbacks. You look at the co- opposing quarterbacks' numbers. It's just, they're minuscule, and it's a championship-caliber defense. Is Aaron Rodgers returning mid-December, yes or no? I guess. I, I, if he wants to, he can do he can do whatever he wants on this team. I mean, he could literally do whatever he wants, but I think it's probably a bad idea. I'm curious if it happens or not. I know he's really rooting hard for Zach Wilson to win a couple of these games, so it's even an option. I know, yeah. Otherwise, like, who cares? All right, number 13 team, Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson has more passing touchdowns through nine games than he did all of last season. That stat was making the rounds last night on the ESPN broadcast. This is uh, also interesting. I found this one. Russell Wilson had the highest expected completion percentage, according to Next Gen Stats, among all quarterbacks in Week 10, which is hilarious considering... His touchdown throw, according to Next Gen Stats, the seven-yard touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton had a completion probability of 3.2%. It's the most improbable completion of the Next Gen Stats era. So despite that, he still had the highest expected completion percentage, which shows you not really asking him to do too much. Just keep yeah. the train on the tracks. Yeah, it makes sense because I read a stat that it was his lowest A dot in any game of his career. So that's probably yeah. why that w- would make sense for the completion. But that what a sick play that was for Sutton. Awesome catch. That was amazing. Jerry Judy has just become such an afterthought. So worried that my guy JSN isn't isn't the new the new Judy. But um, man, he yeah he's 
Sutton's become the alpha there by a mile, and he's like a you know top twenty five. He's getting touchdowns every week. He's a top twenty five fantasy receiver. And Javante Williams is a total uh, workhorse, top fifteen, top maybe top ten. I'd say actually Javante Williams top ten fantasy back over the rest of the season. And um, Wilson is uh, getting it done with his legs a little bit more, and their defense isn't a complete joke. What an upset, man! Just a wild game with the crazy missed how many missed extra points and the the chaos and the turnovers. Uh, one of the wildest games uh, of the season. I'll give Jerry Judy this. He he roasted that DB on the uh, the pass interference play that Russell Wilson threw the lollipop on. But um, yeah, yeah. He did. pretty bad season so far for Jerry Judy. Not having a bad season. L.A. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen. They're our number 14 team here. Keenan Allen, 9.2 yards per target is the second highest of his career. He had 10 yards per target as a rookie all the way back in 2013. I am never, ever, ever trying to predict age cliffs again for wide receivers after getting burned trying to do it with Keenan Allen this past year so uh shout out to Keenan Allen is having an incredible season yeah he was a beast hopefully that shoulder injury doesn't affect him moving forward Justin Herbert for a while there I'm like how much is this affecting his accuracy that finger injury and then he just rips off a second half just looks awesome he's dealing with such bad defense and no running game help um it's uh tough for him and Quentin Johnston learning on the fly we, they really need a healthy Keenan Allen or that that offense is uh, it would be in trouble. Oh, yeah. I mean, when Keenan went down, he got back in the game. Obviously, I was like, <laughs> they're screwed. <laughs> if Keenan's not out there, they are they are screwed six ways to Sunday uh, if 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 he's not out there because. Oh, buddy. I mean, I mentioned the rookie report uh, coming out on reception. Oh, perception. yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Huge, huge. A. Don't read it if you drafted him in your dynasty rookie draft. Don't don't read it. Just just skip. Just skip that section. All right. Number 15, Indianapolis Colts. This one comes in from Jeremy Fowler. Um, I didn't even put this in the outline. Producer Colin put this one in the outline. I'm, uh, this is not me doing my Michael Pittman propaganda. Or was this you? Did you put this in the outline or was it no, Colin? That's Colin? That's Colin. All right. Well, shout out to Colin. Colin, get, tell Brett you need a raise for putting this one in the outline. Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman is pacing for 100 plus catches and 1,100 plus yards on the season. The last Colt to hit both of those marks in a single season was Pittman's wide receiver coach, Reggie Wayne, in 2012. He had 53% of the first three targets in week 10, did Michael Pittman. I, I, it's driving me crazy, bro, that like people talk about, why are the Colts 5-5? Five and five? Well, I don't get it. I know they don't have an Anthony Richardson, which makes me upset that they don't have Anthony Richardson, but like Josh Downs is such a dude. He's so good. Michael Pittman is the most underrated receiver in the NFL. Guys just always open, always reliable, right there. Jonathan Taylor's balling out. Zach Moss was balling out before him. The guy's still like a top seven running back in fantasy football. The defense is a little, a little hit and miss. They definitely got ran all over by the Patriots last week, but who cares? You don't not like you got to respect the pass against the Patriots. Michael Pittman, man, most underrated receiver in the NFL. It's like driving me crazy that people won't give him any respect. That's a wild first read uh, target percentage last week. Uh, Pittman's a top 15 fantasy receiver for me, especially with the banged up Josh Downs. I don't know if you can rely on him in fantasy right now playing through that knee injury. Pittman, at least a dozen targets in three of his last five games, a target in the red zone in every game but one this season. Uh, The volume's going to be there. My guy Jonathan Taylor is among the very bottom of rush yards over expectation. You think that's just... Hmm noise and returning from an injury um probably yeah Yeah, i don't know interesting probably or maybe not maybe not but it's worth noting or maybe again not but 
Uh, it's something I'm going to pay attention to over the rest of the season. But he's no. totally overtaken it. I mean, Zach Moss was one oppor- one touch last week. Yeah, it's it's probably noisy, but because um, I think Taylor's run pretty well so he's far this year. But I'm, yeah. yeah, like I think he passes the eye test and just yeah, man, I, this this offense has players. It's just it really is a shame that Anthony Richardson isn't playing this year. Because I mean, all respect to Gardner Minshew, but I mean, it would just be great to see what these guys could do with Anthony Richardson. Michael Pittman's in a contract year too, by the way. Like he's he's gonna hit he's he's in the last year of his deal. He's gonna hit free agency this offseason. Richardson's ADP is a player I'm most curious about next year because I mean you, he was the number one fantasy per snap easily, but will he fall again to the ninth, tenth round just because, you know, he's a rookie who's never done it coming off an injury? I mean, if so, it would be the easiest smash of the draft. But I, I suspect he'll he'll creep more toward the middle rounds. Next team here, number 16, Las Vegas Raiders, according to Next Gen Stats. Devontae Adams accounted for 87% of the Raiders' total air yards in Week 10, the sixth highest air yard sharing game in the NGS era. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Um, they also noted that Adams averaged just 1.8 yards of separation on his targets, his fourth lowest target separation in the game since 2016. We tell you, that doesn't mean he's not getting open. That just means they are throwing to him no matter what. Yeah, a tough matchup against the Jets. His target rate is through the roof with Aiden O'Connell, whereas McMyers has fallen off. Um, you're, yeah, Meyer, Adams is a buy low. He's gonna he's gonna start putting up much better fantasy stats moving forward. Um, even though Las Vegas has gone incredibly run heavy under Antonio Pierce, but game script won't always allow that. It's just a little surprising to me that it's so little talk about Jimmy Garoppolo to sign this big contract. It's perfectly healthy and's benched for some, you know sixth round rookie QB and no one's even like blinking an eye and then a new coach takes over and he's like yeah of course AOC is our starter moving forward I mean this is a healthy Garoppolo and he's benched for AOC and it's just like everyone's moved well on. is he number one is he healthy you know like okay. he might be healthy healthy but like he's they're joking about like ah he's back right like the last game he played against the Lions the ESPN broadcast was and I think he just is a symbol of like the demons the Raiders are trying to exercise right now. Unfortunately, like Garoppolo's in that mix of this. I just don't think he inspires any confidence. He was terrible this year, man. It, I, so, that last time yeah. we saw him too, he didn't look playable. Yeah, no doubt. And that Raiders are having fun, man. You'll see the cigars and partying yeah. in the locker room after every game. It does uh good for them. Go, go. I'm rooting for Pierce to go on a little run here, but um, we'll too. see when we'll see how long it lasts. Number 17 team, Buffalo Bills. This one comes in from Josh Norris. The dumbfounding part about the Bills being 5-5. Five and five. They are third in the NFL with a red zone touchdown rate of 70.3% and have run the third most plays inside the red zone. It's everything before the 20-yard line, especially the turnovers. That's the issue. Ken Dorsey was fired on Tuesday morning. Joe Brady, former Panthers offensive coordinator, takes over as the play caller in Buffalo. Um, I don't think this really changes anything for the Bills. I mean, they're going to call the same plays. It's not like they're going to install a new offense. But and, and it's <laughs> you know, I joked about this with Eckler yesterday. It's not as if like Ken Dorsey was calling the James Cook fumble plays or the Gabe Davis drops the ball and the defense intercepts it plays. So I mean, it's definitely a a bit of a scapegoat move for Sean McDermott. And how many you're you're starting to get. You, you, your DC's out the door. You take over the play calling there. Your OC, you bump him out in the midseason. Like, that's not looking so great. So, very chaotic times in Buffalo. Yeah, and wasn't Brady fired uh, midseason by Carolina last season? He was scapegoated, uh, well, two seasons ago by Matt two Rule. He was ago. scapegoated by, um, and who do they have take over the offense coordinator job? Oh, Ben McAdoo. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, that was a good idea. I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember the Panthers were like, we fired Joe Brady midseason because Matt Rule wanted to run the damn ball, and we're looking for a hot shot offensive coordinator. They're looking for a hot shot young offensive coordinator, and they got friggin' Ben McAdoo. Unbelievable stuff. Don't get me wrong. The Bills' offense has problems. Um, Josh Allen can clearly be too careless with the ball. That other fumble, you know, just handed it off to Cook on Monday night. But you look at his turnover-worthy plays, and he's like right there with C.J. Stroud this season. It kind of feels like Josh Allen is having a very similar season to Dak Prescott last yes. year, where he was running extremely cold on interceptions, and it's something that will regress moving forward. It may not happen until next year, and they've already put themselves in a hole here. Um, but yeah, you'd hope, you'd, you'd hope Diggs doesn't get so frustrated. He wants to leave Buffalo. Cause I, I think this off, you look at all the, all the nerd stats, EPA and all that stuff, their yards per drive, they're, they're killing it really. Um, again, it's like turnovers are, 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 are killers and they're obviously super important and it's why they're losing. But some of this stuff is variance and bad luck. Yeah, definitely. Some of it's variance and bad luck. And I do think that like Josh Allen's turnovers, he he's sort of running bad. I agree with you on that, but he does have like a wild horse in him that's just going to always be impossible to tame. But I do think, not that I'm in favor of Ken Dorsey being fired or anything like that, I do think that they could use somebody in the room that's a little more like like a new, harsher voice. Like, I mean, dude, Brian Dable clearly was a harsh voice in the room. Have you seen him with the damn Giants? Like, he's losing it on everybody. Um, I think they might need just somebody more like that in the, uh, to tell, to kind of, try to tame a little bit of this out of Josh Allen, but we'll see what happens. It's probably not Joe Brady either. Yeah. All it's, right. it's a surprising, surprising uh, turn in the season for the bills. Cause this is supposed to be their easy part of the schedule. Right. Doesn't get any easier from here, which is pretty brutal. Another one of these AFC teams is the Cincinnati Bengals. It's trying to compete here, but we'll skip them for Thursday night football. What a great Thursday night football game we have to talk about later on. Number 19, new Orleans saints, AT Perry rookie out of wake Forest, ran the second most routes on the team behind Chris Olave in week 10, but had just 9.1% of the first read targets that was tied with Taysom Hill for fifth on the team. I like A.T. Perry a little bit, man, as a deep, deep, deep sleeper, uh, X receiver, kind of like in the Devontae Parker mold of X receivers. And obviously that's going to, he's going to replace Michael Thomas. He did replace Michael Thomas uh, last week who got hurt after just two routes because they're not going to put Rashid Shahid. He's still going to have, he had a much higher first read target percentage than A.T. Perry did. He's going to play a big role, but like Rashid Shahid is not going to play as the second starting outside receiver across from Chris Olave. That will be A.T. Perry. Yeah, Perry on the fantasy radar. I was going to ask your opinion of that, and that is what I sus- suspected, that this isn't a you know a huge uh, game for Shahid. They play different roles, and he will probably remain volatile, you know, best in best ball. Um, but um, the stat I was going to use for this one is Chris Olave with Derek Carr, one target. For one catch, 15 yards in 37 yeah. minutes with Jameis Winston, nine targets, seven catches, 79 yards and a touchdown in 20 minutes. And he also had a 24 yarder called back by penalty. So that is the news here with New Orleans. If you're a Lave, you are just absolutely hoping for Winston to be the starting quarterback. Uh, but it looks like uh, Carr is going to be the guy and healthy enough uh, moving forward. But that's that's the, the, the story, fantasy story for the Saints. Yeah, I read that stat off on the recap podcast uh, as a disgruntled Chris Olave uh, backer. So, yeah, I, I mean, it'd be great if we got Winston, but we're just we're never going to get Winston uh, as long as Derek <laughs> that throw across the entire field was just insane. It made even Purdy's look safe. I mean, it was wild, <laughs> right? Literally, no quarterback would even dream of attempting that throw. 
But Jameis is going to Jameis, man. You got to respect him for that. You got to respect the guy who knows who he is and continues to lean into the bit. Number 20 team, Houston Texans. This is a little excerpt from the ringer Steven Ruiz's latest profile on C.J. Stroud. Stroud is on pace to become the first rookie quarterback to lead the NFL in passing yards since Davey O'Brien did it in 1939. (laughs) I don't know who the hell that is. Only Justin Herbert and Andrew Luck threw for more yards in their first nine starts. Since the turn of the century, only five rookie quarterbacks have averaged more EPA per dropback. Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, Matt Ryan in 2008, Robert Griffin in 2012, Russell Wilson in 2012, and Dak Prescott in 2016. Here's a list of first-year quarterbacks who have averaged more yards per dropback over that span. There is no list. It's just C.J. Stroud. What an incredible player. Harmon, he knocked me down to one entry in Survivor last week. The dude is out of control. Oh, uh, you, he, you he, took Bengals over Texans? Uh, yeah, I had I had two entries, and and I had the Cowboys available one. I don't want to bore you with the, the math of trying to save teams for Thanksgiving. I got you, But yeah. I debated the Bills. I had the Bills and, and Bengals. Okay. Oh, so let me tell you, Monday night allowed me to sleep better the rest of my life That's because good. I was That's just good. and fewer people had the the bills too. Like forty percent of the pool got knocked out in the Bengals. So um, uh, I was really debating that one, and they both lost. But C.J. Stroud did not perform like that on the road. They were dealing with a million injuries. He went into Cincinnati without Nico Collins after just making this big win too. It was like a letdown spot. Um, he produced the fourth most explosive plays in a game since two thousand. Stroud has thrown for more than 800 yards over the last two weeks. Here's the crazy thing. He's the, he has the lowest interception percentage and the third highest YPA. I mean, he's just balling out of control. Look at the highlights. Um, I think it'll be the last time people pick against this young man in Survivor for many, many years. I mean, what a, what a beast. Awesome player. Yeah, awesome player. Just completely changing the, the face. Him and D'Amico Ryan's completely changing that franchise around. I mean, D'Amico Ryans is going to get kind of like undersold in, in all this, but you can just tell with the way that defense plays, like they are built in his image. They got their cornerbacks back finally. Uh, Steven Nelson and Devin Sing. I'm sorry, the other. What is a single, Terry? What's the guy's? Uh, Stingley. Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley Jr. Sorry. They have an interesting defense that had been defending the run better for weeks. And now getting, they haven't even allowed many wide receiver touchdowns. I know Chase got him for a deep one, but they are building. I mean, Texans over Jags moving forward. I mean, that's not a crazy thought at all. I, I would absolutely yeah. be interested in their um their their futures prop to win that division as soon as this season. Not um not at all crazy to say. I mean, CJ Stroud has looked better through nine games than Trevor Lawrence has ever looked. And I, I'm 100%. generally like positive on Lawrence, but that's just the reality of and, and this goes to we talk about Kayla Williams at the top. This is why like generational quarterback prospect stuff. Just don't even bother. Like, don't even say it about anybody because you just never know. Okay, like CJ Stroud was not talked about it, this type of guy at all. I mean, he's tough as a good prospect. I like CJ Stroud. He was my favorite quarterback coming to this draft, but he was not talked about like a generational prospect and all this stuff. Like, I mean, Trevor Lawrence wasn't. Again, I think Lawrence has been fine in the NFL, but it just goes to show you, like, and it's like, oh, he goes to a a, a great ecosystem. Well, I mean, it was the Texans. They were a disaster. Come on. I wonder if other teams put the that S2, I know you hate me to branch that again, but brought put that out there because they wanted him to oh, fall a little. Because they wanted him to fall a little. I've, I've seen that speculated. But either way, that can obviously I wonder, be dis- disregarded moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I I have heard that the Texans really actually wanted Bryce Young. Like, they had him ranked as the higher quarterback, which is just crazy how these things go sometimes. Um, but... Well, I'm happy you for could Ryan. Definitely, 
Yeah, me too. Uh, I think I'm not sure if uh, may, maybe Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans are smart enough to be like, you know what? David Tepper, who D'Amico Ryans didn't even he declined an interview with the Carolina Panthers. That's how bad that was. By um, the way, Stroud man. is doing this with slow at calling run plays on first and 10 that are going nowhere. I mean, the dude's always they did in kind of get away from that. This did, past week. Of course they did. Of course they did. Harmon. I mean, yeah. why, why not pick the time I went against him? I, I was counting on him <laughs> worried about a, a pat. I know no Sam Hubbard, but I was counting on them going on the road and going back to that to that shell. But I also love the graphic at the end. Of, they, they flash the uh, Bengals have won an NFL high 20 straight games leading after the first quarter. I said, Oh, what could go wrong? Thank you for that official <laughs> jinx there. But let's move on. CJ Stroud. You just yeah. get totally in my face. Yeah. I just want to say, I like your idea of Nick Sario and D'Amico Ryan's being like, yeah, David Tepper's a dumbass. Let's uh, leak this S two thing. And he'll buy into that and, and make everybody take Bryce Young over there. So we like to see that. All right. Number 21 team, Minnesota Vikings. This one comes in from at no expert FF. Me too. Uh, Ty Chandler, 10.5 fantasy points in week 10. Alexander Madison obviously was concussed. Great schedule going forward. Denver, Chicago, Las Vegas. Recent running backs against the Denver Broncos. James Cook, 9.1 yards per carry. Isaiah Pacheco, 5 yards per carry. A.J. Dillon, 4.1 yards per carry, which for A.J. Dillon is pretty crazy. <laughs> so um, I don't know where you have Ty Chandler, who definitely looks explosive. Yeah, I thought Broncos run D was improving, but James Cook was running at will on Monday night. Uh, you got to pick up Chandler in all fantasy leagues at this point of the season. We don't know Madison's uh, long-term status. Chandler, I'm not sure if he could totally just take over and be a lead back, but maybe for a few weeks, he absolutely could benefit from this situation, which Minnesota has a very good defense and Dobbs is moving the ball. Here's my stat for, for the Vikings. Joshua Dobbs has more fantasy points this season than Patrick Mahomes. It's a bit of a cheat because Mahomes hasn't had a bye yet, but and it's like by point one, but crazy. I mean, Dobbs hasn't started every game himself, and he's how many different systems has he learned? It's crazy watching him run out there. He's just been one of the most highlight worthy players of the season. Josh Dobbs, seven one hundred and seventy nine point six fantasy points. Patrick Mahomes, one hundred seventy nine point four eight fantasy points. So that is pretty nuts, dude. Who would have thought that? Nobody had that on their twenty twenty three bingo card. I'll tell you that. Um, Dak Prescott has been balling out of control of late. Our number 22 team, Dallas Cowboys. This one comes in from Next Gen Stats. Dak Prescott completed 12 of his 18 passes against man coverage for 200 yards and three touchdowns against the New York Giants. Prescott now leads the NFL in yards, touchdown passes, passer rating, completion percentage over expected, EPA, and success rate versus man coverage this season. When you got a guy like CeeDee Lamb balling out of control and, and doing crazy stuff as an outside X receiver, finally... You can do this if you're Dak Prescott, who's been, again, he has been great of late. Uh, such a bad matchup for the Giants who play a lot of man and, and both Lamb and Dak Prescott just eat that coverage up. They've gone crazy pass rate over expectation since the bye. They've used motion more. Um, I was a dummy and worried about game script last week when I ranked Dak, who clearly didn't even matter. They were whatever. Three quarters was was enough. Um, yeah, he's putting on a clinic. He's looking great. He's he's playing some of the highest football of any player in the league right now. And uh, the coaching is helping. And CD lamb looks like at minimum, a top three fantasy wide receiver. I mean, there's an argument, you know, right behind Terry kill right now. I mean, he, he's just getting all the work and, and looking awesome while doing so. So as bad as Tony Pollard's situation is, it's as equally as good for, for Dak and lamb. 
Number 23 team, Pittsburgh Steelers, read this one off for uh, Eckler yesterday, but 21% of the Steelers' runs have gone for 10-plus yards the last two weeks. That's the most in the NFL. And prior to that, they ranked 18th in the NFL in percentage of yards to go for 10-plus, 10 10, percentage of runs to go for 10-plus yards. So, Dalton, where are we at with the Jalen Warren-Najee Harris split? Yeah, it helps when last week against Green Bay, they had something like 3.8 yards per care or yards before contact or something wild. Yeah. Green Bay's a bad rush defense, but Jalen Warren was named the starter. It got the start last week. I still expect something like a 50 50 split, but they, he keeps getting it done, Warren, especially in PPR mm-hmm. because, of the, because of his role as a receiver. But, you know, it's not great that it's going to be a split in an offense that can't score touchdowns um, with Pickett. Deontay Johnson, I mean, just a goose egg last week, despite no Jair Alexander. Didn't see that coming. Uh, Pickett. It still limits this offense, but Jalen Warren and even Najee Harris are both playing well. Yeah, they're they've run extremely well the last two games. And I really do think that it's an identity that they can lean into because they're a defense first team. And like they've made some changes on the offensive line that has helped a lot. Uh, And Jalen Warren's just giving him a spark. I don't know if he's like a real starter starter, right? Like that doesn't necessarily matter as we talked about with Eckler. But like I can continue to think he's going to get work because he's just been a very good back for them. Yeah, how about them being outgained in yardage? What nine straight weeks and they're six amazing. and three? Pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. I, I just could not love that stat anymore. Um, all right, number twenty four team, Cleveland Browns. Amari Cooper is the seventh highest air yard share in twenty twenty three. Uh, just appreciation for how much Cooper has balled out this year, uh, despite quarterback issues. He's been great for the Browns so far. All right, number 25 team, Miami Dolphins. This one comes in from Aaron Schatz. Miami Dolphins offensive DVOA. Weeks one through six, first. Weeks seven through nine, 19th. Has the Dolphins' offense already peaked, Dalton? Well, it's probably not going to be as good when they're putting up 70 points. So, yes, it has peaked. <laughs> that said, they're getting A-Chan back. I, I I used him as a conviction pick, even though they just opened up the 21-day mm. practice window. If you're looking, if you're reading Mike McDaniel, he says they just erred on the side of caution, putting him on IR, and like they just didn't want to have him play through a brace. It was a sprain, not a tear. Um, he is acting like he's ready this week, whereas Mostert's probably just another rest day, but he was missing practice earlier. Um, man, HN most fantasy points, uh, per, averaging the most by far this season. He's outscored Austin Eckler, your guy, and Saquon Barkley on the season, despite playing just three full games. I mean, I do admit that his touchdown rate and 12.1 yards per carry are probably not sustainable, but man, in this system, and he looks like a special player in a special situation and in matchups like this one at home against the Raiders. Uh, I mean, he's, he's top 10 fantasy back too too aggressive for a guy coming off an injury no. with a in a split workload. Okay. All right. Okay. Cause I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be happy to see the, that a chance supposedly healthy without the, the knee brace and in such an, uh, you know, invitable matchup, favorable matchup right away. The, the Raiders have yeah. eighth most fantasy points to running backs and they have the highest implied team total coming off a of bye. I mean, it's a good setup. They need to get that run game going again. I think that's a big part of why the offense has sort of kind of fallen off a little bit of late. All right, number 26 team, Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith is coming off his highest passing yard performance as a Seahawk with 369. His second highest was uh, 367 yards against the Rams in week 13 last year. But Dalton, why do I still feel not good about the Seahawks pass offense? I'm with you. I wasn't overly impressed last week. A great matchup, both schematically and personnel-wise. I mean, Washington's trading their D-line. They don't get pressure, and their secondary is one of the weakest in the league. Um, the numbers were nice, but I'm with you. This offense is not nearly what we expected. Uh, Charbonnet's out-snap Kenneth Walker three straight weeks, but who cares when Walker's yeah, getting 20 cares. touches? <laughs> Absolutely zero care to that at all. 
Um, of course, Sharps is a great, great stash for your bench. But um, yeah, I'm with you. That's you can't. I mean, Lockett, Metcalf, and JSN are all disappointing. How about that? I mean, how how does that happen? Stay healthy, and all three disappoint their ADP. Honestly, like it's not the craziest thing to have happen. Just like Geno's slightly worse than he was last year. You know, um, I wouldn't. Say, he wouldn't say he's been terrible. He's just been. He's been fine. And then like they're not going to throw the piss out of the ball. And yeah, targets are going to get kind of constricted here. Yeah, like I think true. it's that was everybody wanted to fight each other about like, well, oh, man, this is the year lock. It drops off like DK is a third. And it's like, well, they could just all slightly disappoint. And that was definitely within. the Yeah, range people were still drafting DK aggressively and people like me were hyping JSN. So you're, you're right. Number 27 team, Jacksonville Jaguars. This one comes in from J.J. Zacharies. And Trevor Lawrence is ranked inside the top 10 this season in weekly fantasy scoring just twice at the position of quarterback. He has yet to throw more than two touchdowns in a game. And he has just two games with multiple passing touchdowns, period. A lot of talk this week about what's gone on with the Jacksonville Jaguars passing game. Where do we stand right now on the Jags, Dalton? And a good matchup coming up here. It was a bad setup. The Niners team pissed off coming off a bye, three straight losses, getting Chase Young. You know, I mean, it was not not a great matchup there. That said, I really want to turn this on you, Harmon, and, and talk to me about this Jacksonville offense because I may need to use them in my lone survivor entry this week. I do not have any of oh, the boy. bigger favorites available. Um, I don't mind them coming off getting pants, you know, to an F performance. But the Titans are coming off a loss too. I don't like that division game. Henry's been pretty successful against them historically. Um, uh, there was there's a mic someone talking Fred Warner saying you know they don't know what they're doing and it picked up on the coverage of Jacksonville guys saying he's right uh, we don't know what we're doing and there's crazy splits <laughs> is with that real Jones. I don't know I'm not sure that that is Israel but that's out there um, and then Zay Jones splits or, or I, I that might again be something silly but uh, they've been splits for for Trevor Lawrence and we're not going to be seeing Zay Jones probably play football again this year after being arrested so. Um, yeah. should I, how, how, how damn, how, how broken is this offense? Trevor Lawrence is on pace to throw 17 touchdowns this year. I, they're, they're touchdown. To, I think they more turnovers and touchdowns or something. It's, uh, it's, it's bad. I mean, I hope ETN can bounce back in this spot, yeah. but the Titans, you know, their run defense has taken a step back, but it's still, you know, typically a, a strength. Yeah. And a lot's been talking about their use of Calvin Ridley too. Uh, I put this out there yeah. that Calvin Ridley in reception perception, 64% success rate so far I've charted against press coverage this year, 76.7%, his career average from 2018 to 2021. That's a pretty big gap. And um, he's faced more press coverage than uh, almost anybody else so far this year. Uh, he is one of two receivers, for, according to Next Gen Stats, to face press coverage on more than 40% of his snaps. They've got to do something to get him moving around here. They've got to do more there. And like that's on... That's on that's on Press Taylor. That's on the play caller. And that makes me concerned that with Doug Peterson not like being fully integrated there as the play caller, that is problematic to me. I am a little concerned until we see some changes here with Jacksonville. Yeah, don't feel great about it. It's a yeah, maybe I mean I understand Ridley deserves blame and and the way they're using him, but I think yeah, we both also things can over, be true. we also overrated Lawrence his break, you know, potential breakout. I mean, the dude's on pace for like 17 touchdowns. I mean, it's it's I understand he makes these flash plays, but the production just simply hasn't been there. Number 28 team, your San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy leads the NFL in YPA, EPA, QBR, and passer rating, baby. Despite the fact that he, according to Kyle Shanahan, made his worst decision of all time uh, or his entire career against the Jags. 
on the IU Yeah, that was a, a questionable throw across the, the field there. But what about that throw to George Kittle while getting hit? Yeah, uh, yeah he looked healthier after the bye. His fantasy's QB6 last week while attempting 26 passes. Um, yeah, man, I like I like Purdy this week is uh, a pretty aggressive fantasy start. He's getting 10.7 YPA at home this season, averaging more than 300 yards, a pass funnel Tampa Bay defense that is just shutting down the run. I know they're going to try to get CMC in there, a touchdown. That was wild, what they were doing with Sam Darnold last week, trying to get him the record. But Purdy, bounce back, big performance. Uh, you love to see it. It helps having Debo Samuel and Trent Williams back as well. Yes, it definitely helps uh, to have those dudes back. Number 29, Team Baltimore Ravens, skipping them for Thursday Night Football. Number 30, Detroit Lions, Jameer Gibbs, two goal line carries against the Chargers. David Montgomery, zero. Gibbs also leads all running backs in yards after contact per attempt so far this year, which I found fascinating. Jameer Gibbs, man, all things looking good going forward. Couple things here. So they pretty much split goal line work, but Montgomery failed and Gibbs was successful. That was something that was not happening in the past. They essentially rotated drives. So if you look at snap share, it's going to be skewed because David Montgomery uh, had a 75 yard touchdown run. So that he took his drive and made it really quick. Um, but yeah. it still wheels up. I mean, especially this week because the Bears are allowing the lowest yards per carry in the league, but by far the most uh, receiving yards to running backs. And that's Gibbs's role. He definitely has an advantage there. He's earned 25 targets over the last four games. Um, plus, he's just passed the eye test. They're 10-point home favorites where Goff always excels. So Gibbs and Montgomery, um, I know someone tweeted at us. Uh, I don't know if you brought it up on Eckler, but um, I, I, it's wild because they're, we're going to be ranking both these guys yeah. top 10 possibly well, we did, in this yeah. matchup. Literally ranking both top 10 this week in this matchup. I probably will be. Yeah, it's pretty uh, Not top 15. I'm seeing both top 10. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy that here we are. His eyebrows are in trouble. Uh, <laughs> that is for sure. All right. This one comes in from at throw the damn ball. Now, it's a chart. So bear with me as I try to explain this. Patrick Holmes basically has the best sack rate and the best creation rate um, when plays are perfectly covered, according to pro football focus. Now, creation rate is basically it's a scramble for positive EPA or a throw into an open window. Pretty incre incredible stuff for a guy who has had his offense pretty well covered so far this year with those wide receivers. Mahomes is just like doing having to do the most right now. And that like creation rate definitely shows it. Yeah. Dealing with, you know, really young and still learning receivers. Mahomes is the man. Can't wait to see him go up against this Eagles defense. I mean, it should be it should be awesome. Probably won't get much help from his running game, but he'll somehow make it happen no matter who he's throwing to. Uh, Colin also included a stat that a flight from Rio de Janeiro to Kansas City is 11 hours and 19 minutes. So Taylor Swift, in theory, could be in KC for Monday night to be a part of the Kelsey reunion as her last concert in Brazil is on Sunday night. So, I mean, Taylor, he was there for you. You know, we all saw the clips of yeah. her running into his arms. He was there for you in Argentina. We know he's Kelsey's been much more productive when she's been in, in you know, in attendance. I think Come she on. threw a Chiefs lyric in a song as well. She um, did. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the splits updated, but it, they're dramatic. It's got to be like 70 yards at this point or something different between her in attendance and, and her at the game for Kelsey. So uh, you still want yeah. him to lose to, it, lose to his brother, do you? Come on. That's right. Taylor. He was, yeah, yeah. His brother's named sexiest athlete of the year, too, I believe. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, dude, shout out. Shout out to the big fellows. We love to see it. <laughs> 
That's going to be a fun game, man. That's going to be a, one of the games of the year. Looking forward to it, whether uh, Swift is there or not. But uh, we'll probably Speaking see her a couple which, times if she is. Oh, if she is, she'll be all over there. Speaking of which, Monday Night Football, 32 Philadelphia Eagles, the opponent uh, on Monday Night Football at the Kansas City Chiefs. There are, are our last stat here, Devontae Smith, 84 yards per game without Dallas Goddard, 63.3 yards per game with Dallas Goddard. So if you've been frustrated by Devontae Smith, it's not a great matchup. The Chiefs are a good defense, but it seems like a good spot to chase a bounce back game. Yeah, simple as that. Move uh, Devonta Smith up your weekly ranks as long as Goddard's out. Looks like it should help him in, uh, in, in volume and yardage. All right. Let's get into Thursday Night Football here, Dalton. I mean, look, we've had some bad Thursday night games, but this is a banger. Ravens, Bengals. Let's start with the Bengals stat here. Um, no, excuse me. Let me. Let's start with the Ravens stat here, Baltimore stat. This one comes in from John Daigle. Keaton Mitchell on Sunday, 24% of the snaps, four touches, running back 17. Bengals, who they play on Thursday, have permitted a league-high 18.8% of carries to gain 10-plus yards, and Keaton Mitchell is the king of the explosive plays right now. We could talk Ravens wherever you want to take it, but I am curious where you stand on Keaton Mitchell, who I'm killing myself for not playing. I played him in almost all the leagues I have him, except the damn Ecker League, and I lost because of it. I mean, it's tough to rely on that production with the lack of touches, but you listen to Harbaugh and it feels like the touches are going to be coming a little bit more, hopefully at Justice Hill's expense. Um, but the kid's electric, his speed jumps out on tape. It was like, whoa, looking at that safety, try to pursue him. He was just so off by, 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 by five yards. Um, he simply has to have more touches, uh, 100%. And uh, Cincinnati made Devin Singletary look awesome last week career highs and carries and yards so yeah this is a week mitchell could be a sneaky flex play obviously it's dangerous with coming off three four touches and that snap share but um he's explosive and I, I hope we can creep that up to you know a dozen touches is all we're asking for yeah i like mitchell and edwards as rb3s in this matchup because of uh, because of the game script because of the matchup and everything uh should be pretty fun I, we're getting to a point where people want to bench Lamar Jackson in fantasy for, you know, CJ Stroud, for Kyler Murray. I've gotten some of those questions to start the week. And like, I get it. But could you also not see this being like a big game for for uh, Lamar Jackson? The Bengals just got ripped up by CJ Stroud. Ne uh, Noah Brown was going crazy, right? Like as some he had two catches for 64 yards out of the slot. Zay Flowers has been the slot receiver, like could be a big game for him. I, I think I'm breaking ties and in, in thinking this is going to be a good game for Baltimore's offense. Jackson's still my QB five this week, maybe move him up to four. Uh, the Ravens have the sixth highest implied team point total. He'll bounce back. Um, the touchdowns will come. Uh, this is, should be a fun one. Both teams coming off very disappointing losses. So yeah, I understand that Jackson is really frustrated too, but as Andy, you guys keep pointing out, he's been the quarterback four, whatever on the season, basically where you drafted him and big games. Will come. Zay Flowers, I'm a little worried about. Uh, t t tell me I'm wrong here, but if you take away his screens, his numbers uh, really dramatically fall. He, uh, the eye test, he's fun out there, like fast, but he's small and non non factor in the red zone. Um, I don't know. He's helpful in PPR, but I think we all got a little too excited about him. He's like a, I don't know, wide receiver 35 to 40 or something. Am I yeah. off base? Okay. Yeah, I see him in like some rest of season rankings as like a top 20 guy, and yeah, I'm not I do there. Too. Yeah, I, I think he's like a and, and look, I think there is more meat on the bone for Zay and he had some Almost big plays downfield uh, that like that's there for him. And he I think the narrative that he can't get open against like 
man coverage or NFL DBs and it's all design stuff is not true. Like I again, I think there is more real receiver stuff in Zay Flowers' game than than he's been given credit for, but it's just not clicking all the way with this downfield pass game. Um, you know, I, I and some of that is on Lamar, some of that is on the receivers. Like I don't think Zay Flowers has been perfect. He's had some share of mistakes as well as all these receivers have. But I think it could click at any time for Zay to be that like top 20 guy, but it just hasn't been so far right now. What we've seen, he's more of like a wide receiver three. That's all fair. And he's going to, I'm sure he has a bright future. He's not, I'm not saying he's a bust or something, but yeah, oh, yeah. I feel like now he's more to, again, top 40, not top 20 for, for this, for this season. And can, can we go talk about my, uh, my bungles? Uh, oh yeah, man, let's talk bungles. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Boyd, a bad drop that killed a drive, just horribly stopped the drive and, and changed things big time. Then he makes, yes, this nice catch late, but gets caught from behind. And obviously the drop that cost me my my survivor entry. And you know there's it's $9.3 million and there's 600 people left now, down to 600. So it's uh, starting to get real. Um, Tyler Boyd, not my favorite player. Jamar Chase fighting through that back. Never have I updated an injury update more than I was following Chase's. Uh, it was a battle too, Rappaport versus oh, um, yeah. Schefter in the morning too. One said he's not playing, the other said he was. And that was pretty uh, interesting. And uh, he was a little bit limited snaps, but not not much. And he made the big play and, and love him for fighting through that pain. Burrow made some mistakes, but he's he's so healthy again. And 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 yeah, he looks good. He was dealing with like Tan- Tanner Hudson. Do you realize had five catches on the opening drive? He had never had yeah, five catches in a doing? game in a game before. So and getting Trent Irwin involved, you know. But man, they really uh, Tyler Boyd. Man, I know his box score looks good, but um, he just doesn't have much explosion either. So um, doesn't matter with Burrow, and this will be a fun one in Baltimore. Very interested to see how Joe Burrow plays against this Ravens defense, which is great and can get after the quarterback. Joe Burrow was under pressure on 40% of his dropbacks in Week 10. He had 9.7 yards per attempt under pressure, but threw two interceptions and was just, I mean, when he was kept clean against the Texans, absolute money, 8.3 yards per attempt, 71% completion rate. Um, and, and again, when he can be, and, and he had a drop when he was kept clean. It was probably that Tyler Boyd drop. Actually, three Two of them. Drop I'm passes. telling you, we had Boyd, I'm telling passes. you, and one killed a drive and the other killed a touchdown. I mean, yeah, do you I know that the, Tyler Boyd, the dude, a couple things. The, the, on second and goal, the, the Bengals ran a QB sneak from the 10 for Burrow, for Burrow to get the Texans to waste a timeout or use a timeout. I would. I think a Burrow trying to score a touchdown there is more important than that. But call me crazy. Secondly, uh, <laughs> Noah Noah Brown because then that was a third down play that Boyd dropped. I mean, it's wild. They gave up a down inside the ten yard line, down uh, three points. Um, that is like it, a that is a very the football gods punish your hubris right there. It's like oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna touch I, that. No, yeah okay. Then secondly, Noah Brown, dude, it was a beast on that final play. He broke this tackle that gained him like eight more yards for the field oh, goal. Yeah. The Texans had a backup kicker with the worst field goal percentage in the last 10 years, Matt Amendola, and he would have missed it if not for that extra fighting yards. These are the things you only pay attention to when you're hypervigilant and you're a, a degenerate. But all right, this should be a fun one Thursday night. There's a lot of injuries, Harmon. Ronnie Stanley, left tackle Baltimore. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, uh, this is secondary member. And then Cincinnati, conversely, they're going to be out both their defensive ends. Sam Hubbard and yeah. Trey Hendrickson looks unlikely, who got injured on the final play before the yep. field goal last week. So uh, injuries are something to pay attention to. Not just, you know, T. Higgins, who's going to miss this game, but some other important members uh, on each side of the ball. The Boyd stuff, the lack of their edge rushers, some of the weaknesses generally uh, with the run defense and in the slot. 
I think this looks like a pretty nice bounce back game for the for Ravens. The Ravens. Offense, I'm so. here. Yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, after that loss to to the Browns is just. Uh, yeah, I think a short week at home. I'm with you here. We've been off on these though, so uh, so yeah, so go have. go back to go back to Bengals. Well, on that note. That is going to do it. Hell of a show, Dalton. Uh, good luck to your survivor pick this week. And hopefully it goes better than that disaster. Appreciate you, Harmon. Thanks, man. Good times talking ball with you, dude. Always good stuff, buddy. Appreciate you. Always appreciate all you listeners out there. Shout out to you. Thanks so much. Um, if you like the show, how could you not like the show? Leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. We need some more rating and reviews. Share the show with your friends. Come on. We're doing some fun stuff here. Let's get it out to the people. Tomorrow, we set the stage for week 11 with the games you need to binge, stream, and skip. Charles McDonald joins me for that one. Until then, we're out.